This is 40K Today. More fun than a Games Workshop release party and with a higher nerd count. Hello and welcome to a special Best of 40K Today. Monday to Friday, we are your daily dose of 40K news, views, and interviews. We dive deep into the entire hobby of Warhammer 40,000, and today we bring you a selection of our favorite interviews from the week. We have to say a massive thanks to our friends at Frontline Gaming for having us in on a Saturday. If you like what you hear, give us a listen during the week at 40ktoday.com, or you can find us via your favorite podcast player. I'm your host, John Damaris, and today on the program... I don't want to bury the lead, so we're going to talk with Reese Robbins about a brand new contest where you can win a ton of cool prizes. Salty John implores everyone to just relax. Snipe and Wib share their infectious enthusiasm for 40K. And the legend Paul Murphy tells us all about the Indominus box set. So much excitement is in the air with 9th edition, we wanted to add to the hype. So we put together a contest where you can win a $1,500 Games Workshop shopping spree. That's right. If you're ready to start a new army, this is a great way to do it. Reese Robbins joins me to tell you all about it. All right, Reese, welcome back to 40K Today. We have some super exciting news, and I'm just itching to, to tell it, but I'm going to let you spill the beans. You want to tell people what's going on? Well, we got another giveaway. The last one was so popular, we decided to do another one. But this time it's going to be bigger and better. Yeah, this time it's super exciting. We actually have a really, really cool prize. So one of the biggest feedbacks we got on the last one, which was we called it a 40K contest, but you couldn't get like GW 40K models. So this time the first prize is going to be a $1,500 shopping spree of GW models uh, fulfilled by Frontline Gaming. Yeah, and you can get whatever you want, uh, caveat, as long as Games Workshop has it, of course. They've, having, they've been having some slight supply issues, but anything you want within that, those you know, very small guidelines. So it's really cool, right? Like you want to start a new army, you can. You want to get something going for ninth edition, add to an existing army, you can. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's a lot of other sponsors that have stepped up to help support this. Uh, which we'll be focusing on later. But you know, we we have Army Painter jumping on, who's going to be giving us some Mega Paint Scents, which are amazing. I think they're like I don't know, there's like a ton of paints in those things. Um, and you know, it's going to be great uh, to get your these new models painted. I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you want to get some uh, uh, easy uh, full Army Paint jobs going, that's what Army Painter specializes in. Um, we do carry the products over at FrontlineGiving.org. And their whole system is designed around getting an entire army painted painlessly, quickly, and looking good. So uh, if you do win one of these big prizes or you just have an army that's been sitting on your shelf like most of us do, army painter paints are a great way to get them on the tabletop and looking fresh. Right. And then once you get your army painted, uh, the one and only Nick Nadavati himself is pledged three months of free Art of War coaching to go with the grand prize winner. So if you get this new army and you want to know how to use it, the Art of War is going to be there to help you out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like we've been saying over and over again, whenever we try to acquire a new skill, uh, we don't try and teach ourselves anymore unless it's like, you know, so, like something totally unrelated to anything that we want to achieve quickly. Um, we hire a consultant. And I think that that's the best advice we could give to any of you that want to up your game, especially now that uh, the edition's rolling over. It's a fresh slate. Everyone's kind of starting in the same place. And you can get up to speed really quickly. 
And if you go out, you do well, you win some events, you could uh, start getting some prizes. And very quickly, it starts paying for itself or even more than paying for itself. If it's free, obviously, all you need is you know, one model and it's more than paid for itself. But um, you can very easily start building up a stack of prizes in your uh, in, in your, your den, your hobby room, your, your room, wherever you may keep that stuff. Yep. And just a, just a couple other note. Uh, the other sponsor we have is Nils over at Minotaur Gaming. And they do one of the coolest, uh, I'm going to call it an, an AR app. Yeah, it's a, it's for, a reality app. And they have a big announcement that he's going to be on next week uh, to talk about some ways that the app is changing. And it's pretty exciting news, so we're excited to tell you guys about that. We'll just tease out a little bit. Um, so you might be thinking to yourself, John, Reese, okay, you, you had me at $1,500 shopping spree. How do I win it? And it's really easy. You just go to 40kprizes.com and enter your email address. That's it. Yeah, it couldn't be simpler. And then you get additional entries for taking really simple steps like Liking a Facebook page, signing up uh, for, or I'm sorry, following somebody on Twitter or visiting someone's website or looking for a, a hidden code in a podcast, listening to one of the FLGN uh, podcasts. So there's lots of ways to win, super simple, and you can earn more and more entries into the, uh, into the lottery, so to speak, and increase your odds of, of winning something cool. Yeah. And I mean, we have other prizes besides the big grand prize that we talked about. The other thing that's really cool is every day we will be adding new ways to win to the contest. And one of the entries you can get is just by logging into the contest software every day, you get another entry. So you're going to want to log in early to get those extra chances to win that really cool army, you know, or, or whatever. I guess you don't have to build a whole army out of it. You could, you could mix and match and, and buy whatever you want, right? Reese? Yeah. Exactly. You can get whatever you want and it's super easy to participate. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I can't wait to see who wins this time. We had a ton of winners last time and uh, it was really exciting. Yeah. Uh, also, just as a, a positive, I forgot about this. Chapter Tactics is sponsoring um, with that first place winner, uh, a solo, I think, painted by the Frontline Gaming Network Studios. So you, you can have a solo completely painted up in the paint scheme. If they'll work with you to get the paint scheme that you want. Um, and we have a Kachikin kernel, right? Yeah. Model that's going to be in we there. We sure do. So, and those are uh, highly, highly prized, hard to get after, or hard to find, excuse me, and uh, quite a cool prize. Absolutely. So hopefully you guys all go sign up, and I, I wish you all the best of luck. And I'm kind of bummed that, uh, and so are everybody that does these podcasts with us, because none of us are eligible to win. <laughs> so it's the price the price of uh, putting on the contest, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it is a bummer that we can't participate in such a fun contest. It's so easy to get involved with, but oh well, you know, <laughs> we get to watch somebody else have uh, the enjoyment of winning. Oh, and I should note, for you international customers, this contest is open worldwide and anyone can win. Now, we've got a budget for the shipping. And if you exceed that budget, we might ask you for a little bit of help in getting the prizes to you. Uh, but, you know, that that will be determined based on who wins. So, you know. Yeah, and that's only if the shipping is, you know, crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Reese. Thanks for helping us get the word out. And uh, all of you can go to 40kprizes.com to enter the contest. It will open at midnight Central Standard Time uh, on the 25th, which is the day that 9th edition drops. It's our 9th edition celebration contest. We wish you all the best of luck. Good luck. Make sure you swing by 40kprizes.com and check out the contest. 
Okay, there's a lot of negativity around the GT Mission Pack that was leaked a little bit earlier this week, and a lot of people have put hashtag New40K on blast without any games under their belt. Salty John wrote a very good article for the Frontline Gaming blog talking about this very thing, just imploring people to play a few games before passing judgment. Crazy thought, right? Salty John sits down with me, and we, we get into it. John Weiermuller, did I say that right? You did. Unlike Welcome Jason back. Horn, you know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Uh, for people that don't know, your your online moniker is Salty John, and normally you you give up some pretty epic rants about the state of 40k or what's going on. Is that true? Yeah, I can. I can get I can get up there with the rants. <laughs> but the today memes. we're gonna yeah the rants and the memes. But today we're doing something different. Um, I recently saw that you wrote an article for Frontline Gaming about the new mission pack, and I wanted to get into that because. I think you raised some very good points, and it's a discussion that I really want people to have because there's a lot of, I'm going to call it raging negativity out there that I don't think is justified, and so let's get into it. Sure. So let, why don't you tell everybody the premise of your article, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so the, the basic gist of the article, and it is a little long, but I think it's worth the read, um, is to give uh, Warhammer 9th Edition a chance. In particular... Uh, give the GWGT missions and pack it a chance. So I actually wrote a similar article when 8th edition came out, <laughs> believe it or not, because surprisingly the internet melts down over new stuff because people don't like change. Um, but it, the, I I didn't feel the article I had I wrote for 8th was anywhere near as like necessary as the one I wrote for Frontline for 9th. Um, and I just felt compelled to do it because I was reading all kinds of stuff on like competitive 40 K on Facebook and other places. Um, Reddit, I mean, Reddit is kind of a cesspool sometimes, but you know, like y- y- you see this stuff and you're like, you haven't even played the game. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't so- even been out. And like, there's been zero tournaments played using the format at all. And we are like having conversations where there are people convinced the entire thing is broken and terrible and bad. And we haven't even actually, it's not even released yet. Like it's the 20th today and it doesn't come out for five more days officially, you know? Right, right. And so let's talk about it for a second. A couple of points I want to raise and I want to see if you agree with me. First, eighth edition armies are not going to work very well in ninth edition missions. So, I, yeah. so people have to have to give it time for people to adjust and learn what's important in playing the missions. And so, Armies are going to have to be adjusted, but it's going to take time to learn that. And so if you watch somebody play uh, like an 8th edition style gunline army that's there to pick you up off the table uh, over three turns and then win the game on turns four, five, and six, that army doesn't work in ninth edition. No. So of, of course, if you watch an army like that play in a ninth edition mission and it gets smoked... You're like, man, this mission is broken. I'm like, no, actually, the army is broken, and you need to adjust what what you're playing with, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't hear people complaining that they couldn't use their seventh edition army in, you know, last year's OVO. Right. The, the right. game was different. It's fundamentally different. Um, and eighth edition, although not, I mean, although eighth edition led into ninth, and ninth edition is like builds on the great things from eighth. There, it's not a one to one. You can't just slot stuff in. Um, I think a really good example is something that, that looks to me to be fairly powerful is uh, Custode's bikes. 
which were not powerful at all um, at the end of eighth, but they were kind of good like for a while there. Um, and that's a good example of like, you have to adjust because those players will need to adjust. They might need to bring the bikes off the shelf and spray them with the, the uh, high powered uh, air to get all the dust off, you know, like the, you're going to have to do that kind of stuff. And so I totally agree. If you're watching battle reports and people are playing their eighth edition armies and you're like, wow, th- that army sucks now. Yeah. And that, that that's by design that it sucks now. <laughs> yeah. And let, let's talk about this for a second. So another thing that I think is something that's lost in all of this, all this change is actually really good and healthy for all of us because mm-hmm. let's be honest, towards the end of an edition, a lot of things are kind of solved. You kind of know what works in the edition sure. and kind of what doesn't. And now we get to go on that journey of exploration with all the pieces at our disposal again. And some stuff is going to come out of the wash as being better than it ever was in eighth. And some stuff's going to come out of the wash as being worse than it was in eighth. But by and large, the, the, the point isn't has, at least for me has never been solving the equation. The point is the journey, you know, of trying the different things and learning what works and what doesn't and having fun along the way. Yep. I agree. And you see this a lot with video game players too. There's like a specific set of players who play video games where they're like, yeah, I played the Witcher 2 18 times, but I won't give the Witcher 3 a chance. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because well, it's it, different. It, yeah. Because it's different. Those two games are very different from each other, um, even though they're the same. IP, right? So, yep. and you get this issue with with 40k players too a lot where they're like, well, I was super comfortable with this edition of 40k. I won't play this next edition of 40k. Or I won't give it a chance because. Um, and so we get caught in these ruts. And, and one of the ways to get yourself out of that rut is to try something new. Like, that's something that's very common for people to be like, oh, my God, I was feeling stuck in a rut, so I tried this new thing. I tried a different restaurant, right? For some people, yep. that's actually crazy for them to like go out of their comfort zone for their like five regular restaurants or whatever. It's very similar, and a lot of people get stuck in those um, ruts, and it really is healthy to try to break them. And I think a lot of us are very stuck in a rut right now just with the way everything's going in the world. And I made that point in my article, which is we're living through like in living memory unprecedented times, and yes. that has an effect on you. And because it has an effect on you, it has an effect on everything you do and take part of, which means your hobby also. Yeah, so. it's going to color your perception, right? Yeah. It's, it's going to put a pall of negativity around it because there's a lot of negative stuff going on in the world. And um, even if you have the best of attitudes, that does weigh on you. It does affect your perception. It does <laughs> exacerbate things that you see, like that something that might not bother you much might bother you a lot more in today's times. And totally understandable. No judgment here, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Before I let you go, uh, the last thing I want to talk about really quickly is um, I don't know if you're friends with any of the playtesters, but I've talked to several playtesters about Ninth Edition and specifically mm-hmm. the new missions. And I want to give some people some some hope. And they all tell me that as you learn how to play the missions, they become more balanced yep. in that um, they're very different. You have to play sort of with a different mindset in order to do well at them. And it's just a learning curve, right? So. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've talked to multiples of them. Um, I don't think anybody will be shocked to know that I saw a lot of the rules in their totality already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a playtester, um, but it's it's if you look at it, everything was intrinsically designed in this edition with consideration for things like 
the recommended layouts, the missions, the core rules, the way they redesigned terrain in particular. So they looked at the addition in a total aspect when they were redoing this. And that also feeds into that GT packet, you know? So it, people really, one of the reasons I was like, I have to say something with this article, like give it a chance, because if you do give it this chance and you allow it to really come to fruition, I think this edition is going to feel the best we've had for competitive play um, simply because of the way it was all designed to work together. And like, and you're, you're right. Like every play tester out there is saying the same things. Um, and I don't think it's a lot of people are like, Oh, well it's cause they get paid or because of an NDA or whatever. <laughs> like I don't, they're, they're not really getting paid. Yeah. Uh, here, here's <laughs> you know? just, just a pro tip. Nobody's getting rich off playtesting. As a matter of fact, right. Um, they are all of the playtesters, and I, I will say, uh, I usually don't like to use like absolutes, but I will say all of the playtesters are doing it out of a place where they love the game and they want to make it good. Mm-hmm. So, and that's every playtester I've ever talked to. That's their only. That's the only thing that will keep you playtesting because it yeah. is the most thankless, awful job ever. And it is actually <laughs> a lot of work. A ton, an absolute yeah. ton of work. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Basically, that's that's all I got to say on that one is you just need to give it a chance because it is all designed to work together. It really, really is. And I think that we do a disservice to the hobby and like our love of competitive 40K to not give it that chance. I mean, there's been zero events even run with it. Like, and- let's give it a chance to play a couple events with it and change your mindset and move on from 8th edition into ninth with new lists and then see what it's like. Right. And then... Understand that GW has proven now that if it is horribly, irrevocably broken, they'll yeah. fix it. Yeah. I mean, they'll fix it. Like they, they've, you know, they fixed Iron Hands, they fixed Space Marines. That you know, mm-hmm. they'll. It might, sure, it might be three months, but come on, guys, three months is a short period of time. But at least give it a good, open-minded attempt. Track your results, make your changes, see if you can improve upon your results. So, for example. Like mobility is really important in the new edition. Durability yeah. is really important in the new edition. Being able to kill things is much less important in the new edition than it ever was before. Like you still want to take stuff off objectives, but it's it's not like you have to kill something every turn, you know, right. um, like you did in the old ITC mission. So it's just different, and different's okay. Like you just yep. have to adjust, and that's part of the fun, and that's part of the exploration, and part of the the joy of building your armies and putting it all together. So, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part of watching all of it unfold, all the rants, all the YouTube videos, all that stuff is that you get people who are using anecdotal evidence saying going first is super broken. I've won 70% of my games going first. And then you have people like on, I think it was Biff pod. Colin won four of his five games, all of them going second. Yeah. And so the anecdotal evidence is there to support either side of what it is. You particularly want to argue on this topic right now, which to me, should show us that there's a lot going on that we still need to work through. And again, the game's not even officially out yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there's nobody who's played enough games of this to really know. I don't even think many of the playtesters have really played enough games to really understand exactly what the meta will look like, exactly what's going to be good. Um, I love Tabletop Titans videos, but even then, in some of theirs, they make some pretty big mistakes a couple of times. And you're like, we'll see. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, that's what you would expect. All right, mm-hmm. John. Well, thank you for writing that article. We'll definitely link it in the show notes. 
Everybody cool. should take the time to, to, to read it. Everybody should take the time to take a deep breath. And let's go enjoy this edition. And then if it needs to be fixed, we'll fix it. <laughs> you know? I couldn't agree more. Okay, everyone. Deep breaths. Let's do some testing and tracking. And then we'll figure out where we're at. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Today's episode of 40K Today is brought to you by Frontline Gaming. Frontline Gaming is a one-stop shop for all your Warhammer hobby needs, discounted products, American-made gaming mats and terrain, and a full line of miniatures painting service and daily hobby content. And this can all be found at FrontlineGaming.org. Welcome back. Snipe and Webb are some of the funniest people that we have ever had on the show. They sit down with Tanya and share their love for all things 40K. I am here today with Snipe and Wib. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And you guys are YouTubers who make uh, awesome nerdy content. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having us. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. Uh, so I was thought maybe we'd start with you guys telling uh, our listeners a little bit about how you came to find the Warhammer 40K hobby. Oh well, yeah, we have we have slightly different origin stories. Mm. Um, for me, it was just simply uh, a friend of mine was into it when I was at secondary school, uh, which is oh, I would have been about thirteen. Let's say thirteen. Um, uh, around that sort of time, sort of uh, around second and third editions uh beginning and I, yeah i just and he he kind of like was like oh this thing and then i got into it and then uh, everyone i knew stopped playing it and then I'm, so i stopped playing it but then but yeah um i was looking at we've been we've been living together for a good while and i was looking at 40k cosplay and i was like hey wib this stuff's really cool and he was like i have a box of little like space marine dudes and i was like i'm listening and now <laughs> We run Codex compliant, and that's just what we do now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and Codex compliant is one of my favorite segments of your show. Uh, I'm relatively new to the hobby. I came in at the end of seventh, um, and I just love seeing like all the old codexes and stuff that uh, that you guys sort of unearth from wherever you get them from. Um, <laughs> but how did that segment come to be? Oh, that was entirely Wibb's creation. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just sitting there going, I think we should rate Space Marines butts. And he's like the actual, like, serious investigator. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just come in and I, I, I write stupid jokes. Uh, yeah, basically what happened was, uh, it was when 8th edition started, uh, we did a couple of videos based on Rogue Trader, the first edition of 40K. Uh, just because we thought that would be a fun thing to do to just it was like the weird and wonderful things from that era because if you've ever looked at the first edition of uh 40k it's utter nonsense <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> it's the best kind of nonsense everything is like a, a, a cheesy reference to something and it's well, all tongue-in-cheek I, mean, I i firmly believe that you popularize the 
like the ca- the knowledge of the character Obi Wan Sherlock <laughs> Pluto, who is an Inquisitor from like Rogue Traders. I mean that that gives you a fantastic kind of uh, uh, example of just how bananas, yeah, old forty k um, was. But, but we uh, our channel um, like quadrupled in size after we put out that video, the first video of that, and and we thought that yeah, we're obviously onto something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, we're kind of thinking of things to do, and it was like, well, I've got a bunch of old codexes from when I was, you know, from when I first started playing. Mm-hmm. And these things are pushing twenty years old now, so that could be a fun thing to look at. That because I, I generally go by the idea that if you think something's interesting, other people will find it interesting if you make a video on it, because you will find that niche. Um, Ab- absolutely. Mm. And yeah, that's and and we so we we gave it a shot and did uh, the first one on uh, Codex Assassins was the first one, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's been a while now. <laughs> it's a few years now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did that, and yeah, um, and it turned out people liked it, and obviously the series expanded to cover more things. But mm. yeah, that's sort of where it came from. Yeah. Some of your, these videos are super in depth and like pull in other resources other than the Codex. But how much research goes into making these videos? It depends. <laughs> I'd say if you want to average it out, probably a uh, a really unhealthy amount. Yes. Uh, <laughs> some of them are really simple. Some codexes, you just read yeah. them and we go, we both go through them and like note off what we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that'll obviously involve like, oh, we need to go and check this other codex or this old bit of law from this mm. old book and we'll go and do that. But some like the um, one on armor cast. Uh, the old resin producers that uh, did licensed um, Warhammer stuff. Um, mostly, I think it was all 40k. I don't think they did any fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, I'm very well knowledgeable about this stuff when I have a script. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? All falls out my head the moment. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. But, uh, but that took a long time because I was digging through like Usenet and things like that to find the, the information. Because <gasps> a lot it. of, a lot of the actual like. I don't know what you'd say, like official information was just impossible to get hold of. A lot of it was hearsay from old forum posts and, and well, forum posts at the best of times aren't particularly reliable. Mm. So it's just kind of like weeding out like, okay, so what seems to be the vague agreed upon thing? Sometimes sometimes you just have to kind of average it out. And sometimes the research is just simply going, oh, I don't know when this thing came out. Well, time to look through an entire year's worth of white dwarf and find out. (laughs) Which one it came out, you know. Yeah. Very glamorous, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one last question before I let you go. What is your favorite piece of information or, like, your favorite character or, like, your favorite weird thing that you found from deep diving through these old codexes and things? Oh. That's a tricky one. That's a good question. I'd say, say like, it kind of, it, it swings and roundabouts. So, like, I tend to have, like, a new favorite every time I, I pick up a codex. So, like, <laughs> the last one we did, like, the Necron Codex, uh, was it third edition? Yeah, the first Third one edition there. Necron Codex. And I love that. That codex is amazing. I mean, um, like, there's a story in there about a bunch of uh, Imperials just fighting some 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 oncoming uh, Necrons. And it's just, the, it's so eldritch and spooky and horror and i'm like wow this is fantastic i very much like this Mm. to the point where i was kind of like and it only took until like in the last few years to think of doing warhammer horror 
Okay. It's like, but the Necrons, like, you know, old Necrons at least, were just like so perfect for that kind of spookiness. So mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah. I, I, that, that's probably off the top of my head my favorite, like right now at least. Yeah. For, for me, it's it, it, honestly my favorite bits of information are all just the, the, the real oddities that you kind of stumble upon, like, uh, or, or the things that disprove like a commonly held belief. Um, uh, for good example, we did a, a one on Warhammer Records, and it is the commonly held belief that um, Bolt Thrower released albums on Warhammer Records, but they didn't at all. Uh, they were on oh. Earache Records. Uh, it's just they licensed the use of artwork from GW, but they didn't actually. We're never on Warhammer Records, but mm. so it's really interesting to dig into those things and find those little little bits of things that he, everyone thinks are true, but they're actually not. Um, like the um, little sisters of uh, purification. Yeah, that weren't the, games weren't, workshop at all. There were game designers workshop yeah. instead of, you know. Oh, wow. And after we did that, it, like I'd like to think, as, if I can be as arrogant as that, <laughs> like people going, oh, well, they used to have lady sisters, lady um, space marines, and then someone com- will come in and go, actually, that was game <laughs> designers workshop. And I'm like, I kind of hope that we helped a bit with that. <laughs> like, we, not, helped, we helped people, well, actually, other people on Reddit. And you know what? Yeah, I'm, I can retire. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> if if our legacy is one thing, I hope it's not enabling people to well act. <laughs> uh, don't be that guy, listeners. Don't Do be the well actually guy. No, no one likes that guy. <laughs> no. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, you guys. No, thank you so much for having us. It's been awesome hanging out. Yeah, not a problem at all. Thank you. So much fun. Make sure you check out their YouTube and enjoy that Codex Compliance series. It's a keeper. Longtime 40K Super fan and fellow host of the show, Paul Murphy, has got his hands on an Indominus box set and tells our own Steve Joel all about it. Let's start with the Necrons. I know you've had a chance to have a look through it and even start building some stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Building and painting, yes, been very fortunate and got the opportunity to do that. And these are amazing models. Yeah, look, the Necrons, having run a Necron army previously, I'm, I'm a bit devastated that I sold my Crons. These guys are so exciting now. They look, the models themselves look so cool. And you've got some new guys that can do some cool stuff. What, what are you most excited about from the Necron half of this box? Well, as if you are a Necron player, there's very little redundancy in, the, in, your, in your collection for what comes in the box. I mean, right now you've got the Overlord, but the Overlord does come with a Tachyon Arrow, which is a piece of war gear equipment. Uh, and then you've got the Scarabs. And, and those may be the only overlap because although this comes with Warriors, there are new weapons for the Warriors. Mm. And so even if uh, you know you have enough Warriors, you can equip them with this new armament. And even if you are just going with the same old um, uh, was it the Gauss flare that they have? Yeah. Uh, they've replaced the the filament part with just now molded plastic. There's no more plastic rod. So you could refresh that for yourself, even if you are going with the standard armament. But everything else in there is new. Like there are some uh, really compelling, interesting, I think, builds that can come out of this uh, because they've got even more close combat stuff. So you can you could really change what your the dynamic of maybe how your army was built before with these really flashy-looking new models uh, and, you know, build an assault-based theme if you wanted to. 
And they've got some uh, great rules for just buffs, right? They've got characters that can provide buffs to units that you've got. Yeah, but I think you're going to put something like the uh, the Scorpath Lord in your army immediately. Yeah. Uh, he's got he's, he's no slouch in, in combat. He's also got some shooting, and he also buffs your destroyers. And I think destroyers are going to still be pretty dominant. But And then you're right to point out, I think, the support units that the, the Necrons are getting. Uh, so you're, you're really going to... The, the profile of the army is going to change. It won't just be you know, warrior level stuff with flight bases from destroyers behind it. You're going to see some variation in the way the, the army looks. And then specifically the models out of this box set, the Indominus box set, they're basically all brand new. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be, you know, something interesting to do for you. Uh, you know, if you're a Necron player, you should be really, really excited. Or I hope you're sure. Since they should be, I hope you're really excited. Oh, man. Well, you've got you, that variation. You've got to be. And we don't want to go too far down. You know, the problem with Necrons being their uh, variation with, you know, D6 times D6 with the with the big guns on the big boats and things. But th- this will solve some of the, the lack of combat and the, the lack of buffs and that sort of thing that they that Necron players have had to struggle with. Let's deal with yeah. the let's deal with the other and, side and, of the box. Sorry, and, go ahead. No, say Necrons have their very own Primaris Marine now, uh, Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant model in the form of the Royal Warden. Uh, you know, that, again, you've got some, some really cool options. So let's go to the other side of the box, because I know Necrons are very exciting, but if, if it's in the States and Europe, anything like it's playing out here in New Zealand, uh, just going on people ordering the box and then immediately wanting to sell the half they don't need, there are more Necrons for sale than there are Marines for sale, um, uh, you know. So people, there are a lot of people wanting this box totally just for the up. Marines. Uh, and let's talk about some of the units in there. And can we start with the bikes? These bikes look incredible, and I immediately want them for my Space Wolf Army. Yeah, the Outriders, I think the bikes, uh, the Outrider bikes have the most to offer anything that's assault-based because they've got the mobility, they've got giant bases, they got a heck of a lot of uh, attacks, and they've got a little bit of firepower to get to get through what will be the new screening in 40K 9th. They are amazingly awesome, but only, I mean, I think just the, the coolness of the, that everyone likes Marines on bikes or, or 40K figures on bikes, but the Eradicators are incredibly powerful. Yeah. And that is, I think, will ultimately be one of the chase units for a lot of chapters out there is the Eradicators. So this is something we've heard a lot of talk about. For people that haven't had a chance to, uh, you know, really look into it, what do Eradicators do? Who are they? How do you how do you fit them in? There are three-man squad that are all carrying what are essentially Melta cannons. Uh, they get got a 24-inch Melta rifle, and then they get to... Um, basically shoot twice if they're picking picking out a single target. So anything that they fire at is is going to be melted and in to great success. Yeah. <laughs> I know that Tau players with their fusion were a little bit bummed about the fact that though we always thought Tau players have the best you know melter style weapon in the game. Not anymore. No, not anymore. These guys are amazing. Yeah, so there's you know if you're a marine player, there's a, a little bit of redundancy with the with the chaplain and the captain and even a lieutenant. But they do uh, like of course it, it, the variation of the model is great. The chaplain looks awesome. He's almost kind of like a throwback to one of the uh, the legacy marine chaplains, but the primaris captain comes with the awesome relic shield, different yeah. weaponry. They look amazing. The lieutenant as well, and then the blade guard. 
you know, there's been a lot of talk about the blade guard because they're they're a durable, tough unit. And with the new terrain rules, I think you're going to be able to maneuver them and position them and get them into some inter- interesting situations. Uh, but the, the new troop unit in this, the primary assault intercessors, I think people are going to get a lot of use out of them. I'm a big yeah. fan of the Impulser. If anybody's listened to the, to the FTN show, they know I talk about Impulsers a lot. Uh, this is even more of a reason to stick the them in, the Impulsers in your list because you've got these new Assault Intercessors. Uh, they're going to be able to really get up the field and dig into things. Yeah, look, I'm excited about those as well. From a Space Wolf point of view, you can make them veterans, give them extra attacks, get them in those Impulsers, get them up the field fast. Um, I, I want to touch on the blade guard a little bit because uh, I'm curious how you see them fitting in. If you've got an army already that has, say, Terminators in it, um, where do these guys fit in in terms of a battlefield role? Battlefield role, it is somewhat similar, uh, but they have the benefit of a smaller footprint. So I, I think where you're going to want to be in, in this, at least in the early days of this edition, is smaller, more smaller units. Right. And these guys fit right in there, uh, you know, but they've also got a bunch of wounds. I mean, three wounds with the storm shield, three plus save. Mm. Uh, they can fit inside of transports. I mean, I know the Terminators can too, but they have a specific uh, you know, set of transports that they can fit in. I guess primaries do as well. You know, and then with the benefit of reserves, I mean, you're going to be able to spend some CPs and bring these guys on in different areas of the game. So as far as filling a role, I think that they'll, they'll really benefit from that smaller footprint in the early days while we're, we're trying to figure out how the missions work and, 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 and what the real optimized units are. But come on, man, they look cool. They That's look why cool. you're going to put them in, <laughs> in your army. And we want to go right back to the beginning of this, the rule of cool. Uh, we, we haven't spoken about the Judicar. The Judicar oh. is, is brand new. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely brand new figure. And the, his ability to make a unit fight last, not fight last if it charged. That's not like last to the first or whatever. It makes somebody absolutely fight last. And so having that figure in your army is going to even further maximize every other assault uh, choice that you're taking, even if that's just a counter assault type thing. And so you're talking about taking Terminators. Yeah, take Terminators. Terminators, I think Terminators are going to be uh, pretty good. Uh, take the Blade Guard, take the bikes, take the assault uh, intercessors. Even if you don't have a super killy assault unit, this Judicar can make uh, assault units, even mediocre middle of the road uh, assault units, even better because of this ability. And again, the model is amazing. So this is a you're, you're going to be really pleased with the box. Paul, thanks, mate. It's really, really good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. And uh, roll on ninth. We can't wait for the weekend. We pick up that box. We get our rule books, and we get started playing this game. Man, have a have a great rest of your night and a great weekend. That was two absolute legends. Paul and Steve are awesome. Okay. It's that special time in the show. Uh, Apologies in advance for getting this jingle stuck in your head for the rest of the day. It's the the model of the day. The the model of the day. The the model of the day. Every day during our regular weekday show, we feature a model of the day, and we've been able to show off some stunning work this week. Uh, This week's model of the week is one you might have already seen, but it's worth revisiting for sure. Uh, Today's model of the week is an incredible Imperial Fist Repulsor by Maxis Minis on Instagram. In a word, wow. So much care and work was put into creating realistic battle damage. You can see the pockmarks where the bolter fire has dug into the armor plates, and it looks amazing. I'm very impressed. If you have a model that you think we should feature in the show, or you've seen a model that should be featured in the show, let us know with our hashtag on Instagram, hashtag 40 k today, or just toss us a message on Facebook. 
you can check out this model uh, on our Facebook or our Instagram. And that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed getting a peek at the fun stuff we did this week. A big thanks to our content producer, Alex Painter, our social media superstar, Tanya Gates, and our technical producer, Seamus Ronan, for all their hard work once again in putting the program together this week. If you liked what you heard on the show today, make sure you come check us out at 40ktoday.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Just do a search for 40K Today. We do a 15-minute show, well, roughly 15 minutes, every day with the exact kind of information that was found in today's show. We'll see you next week. Until then, for Paul Murphy and Steve Joel and the rest of the 40K Today team, I'm John Damaris, and that's what's happening in 40K Today. 